Hello, this is Pork Belton, and welcome to the second episode of Father Ted Talks, Irish Writers on Coronavirus Life. So, I am rereading James Joyce in a plague year. Molly's last words, and yes, I said, yes, I will, yes, sit on my desk in a room, newly my study, where once our Airbnb lodger slept. Out the window, my wife, a fellow Dubliner whose day job is with the NHS, minds our baby son and digs up our garden from quarantine frustration. When we read, me, here, in this room, now, texts hold answers, but you and I pose the questions. For Azar Nafisi, secretly teaching seven girls literature in her house in 1990s Tehran, Lolita is about the criminality of making someone else's life solely about you. Jane Austen becomes about women making choices. Gatsby about how dreams, like revolutions, shatter in reality. Henry James about uncertainty, something totalitarian regimes and mindsets likewise hate. Reading Lolita or Pride and Prejudice in Tehran doesn't make these texts about life in Homenes Iran, but it shifts imperceptibly the angle between the reader and the page, whose nuances lurking already in the offset powder your eye now spots. For the new critics of 1930s and 1940s America, the text and its form and their relationship are transcendent. But I think how we read today is a bit nearer how Gustave Lanson read in Paris a few decades earlier on, where readers peek occasionally over their shoulder at their society, literary sociology, while doing their explications of texts. Derrida spends 80 pages on the last word of Ulysses. Yes. Imagine, incidentally, anything that would sell worse at W.H. Smith. But look at all the things yes can mean, he says. It can mean, I am here. It can mean, like for Molly, like for many of us sequestered now with the newly bizarre habits of our partners, commitment, a willingness to say yes again. So why am I rereading Ulysses? For one, it's an extremely funny text. We needn't follow down every footnote. You have soap jumping out of Bloom's pocket and singing a show tune. You have the rudest words in our language hidden in rhymes. If you like your novels clever and simultaneously positively puerile, Ulysses is for you. You can imagine down the pub in Zurich, Joyce was insufferable. For another, I may not always like Stephen Daedalus, but there is something of him in me still, and maybe you. As an overly earnest and religious schoolboy learning how to read, Portrait was about me. I stayed up all night bolting through its pages and finished it with my cornflakes. Also, he takes us around the routines of daily urban life, ones we can't today traverse ourselves. For example, we may say some goodbyes in coming months, maybe not always the way we want to. In the Hades example and Glasnevin Cemetery, we go with Bloom to a funeral. Poor Paddy Dignam stands in for Joyce's friend Matthew Kane, who drowns in Dublin Bay on the 10th of July 1904, 
just before Bloomsday. It's observed by the first multicultural character in modern Irish literature. Jewish Bloom gets things wrong. He says, a sudden death is the best death. No one speaks, because a sudden death is one without the sacraments. Growing up in Ireland, you go to a good few funerals. We have a distinctive way of saying goodbye, with our culture of wakes, removals, services, then more wake. Without doing all this, it feels someone just disappears. When my auntie died last week, and I was unable to attend her funeral, I described this by chat window to an English friend. She was quiet for a moment, then asked if I was having her on. Bloom and companions share a laugh in the carriage. Then Cunningham says, we had better look a little serious. Maybe you and I have been there. I have argued Joyce is funny, silly, poignant. Yes, his labyrinths become ever more intricate from the short stories we might leave through on a long bus journey on ultimately to Finnegan's Wake. But his outer structures are devastatingly simple, beautiful. He had only a children's version of the Odyssey beside him as he wrote, enough to give us episodes like Polyphemus, latter-day pub cyclops with his eye patch, able only to see one side of fiendish political complexity like our own. And the wake is one huge loop. The sentence that begins in the book's last words, away, alone, a last, a loved, along the, completes in the opening words, river run, past even Adams, from swerve of shore to bend of bay. It's a circle, like the hydraulic cycle, for the rivers that sit beside cities and their founders, Tiber and Rome, to Liffey and Dublin. In a plague year, it offers transcendence, the biggest imaginable zoom out, and comfort. And have we ever had the fall of man rendered phonetically, as on page one? Baba dogger, rockatamana, cron, bron, tonner, ron, tuun, thun, trover, hoon, ons, gone to who, hordened third nook. Maybe Joyce is an odd person to read when homebound. Ulysses is a travel book. 16 June 1904 is the day Stephen and Leopold wander throughout the city Joyce himself fled with the only arms I allow myself to use, silence, exile, and cunning. They enact a modern odyssey, eventually finding each other briefly and in Bella Cohen's brothel, as father seeking a son, meeting son seeking a father. In the world off-page, 16 June 1904 was the precise day the artist, as a young man, fell in love with rustic Galway girl Nora Barnacle and he would immortalise the day for her. This, in the world of breakfasts of grilled mutton kidneys, which gave to his palate a fine tang of faintly scented urine, which Bloom eats, or stately, plump book mulligans, bowl of lather, on which a mirror and razor lay crossed, his yellow dressing gown ungirdled. Joyce is not quite Stephen, Buck Mulligan, not quite Oliver St. John Gogarty. The worlds of on-page language and off-page mutton kidneys don't correspond quite this neatly, but they come together in places. Daedalus is, after all, Joyce's early pen name as a Clongo student, and Joyce, the architect of the century's great labyrinthine text, is the real Daedalus, 
the artificer who creates the labyrinth for the Minotaur at Crete and shows his son Icarus to fly to escape it. We might be flying from exile, perhaps in October, maybe in time for Soen. This is a quarter day, the ancestor of Halloween, where one agricultural cycle ends in harvest and the next starts. Two years join, but imperfectly. And in the crevice between them, it is possible to pass between the worlds of humans and the worlds of the she, fairies. Bloomsday is a sowen, where the worlds of sausages and fleshy bloom and cerebral daedalus come together, but imperfectly, so for a moment it's possible to pass between them, and benefit from the reconciliation effected at Bella Cohen's between Stephen's intellect, Bloom's corporeality, Molly's sensuality, a trinity, even if Joyce went to UCD. In 2011, the prickly Joyce estate granted Kate Bush license to use Molly Bloom's sensuous doubting, ultimately affirming soliloquy in her Flower of the Mountain, as she wanted to do back in 1989. Like Molly, Kate sings, I put my arms around him, yes, and drew him down to me, so he could feel my breasts all perfume, yes, and his heart was going like mad, and yes, I said, yes, I will. Yes. When with Joyce, we are in exile from our cities and our lives, is it possible for texts like Ulysses to yoke us back to them at our windows? Oh yes. Yes. Yes, it is. Yes. <laughs>